Boom. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm back. It's the kid, Sizzy, the kid, C-I-double-Z-Y, you dig? Hey, man, look. I'm back again. Sizzy Talk Show, thank you for listening. Um, For all of you that have listened to my past two episodes, episode one on uh, marriage and episode two talking about hip-hop, um, talking about Drake, talking about Pusha T, talking about Trippy Red, Takashi Six Nine, Lil Wayne, um, who started trap music. You know, I hope all of you enjoyed the uh, past couple episodes. And you know, the kid is back with episode number three. You know what I'm saying? And I'm excited to talk today. You know, um, one thing that's funny is I always start these podcasts like late in the day when I have to go to work. Like, I could get it knocked out at, like, 9 a.m. and then have time to edit and everything like that. But uh, I always knock these podcasts out starting around 12.30, and I have to be on my way to work at 2, so, like, an hour and a half. Um, but it's all good. It's all good. You know, we're here. We're doing it, and that's all that matters. We're taking action. You know what I'm saying? Um, we are taking action. And with that being said, I actually have a quote that I want to share with you guys today. The quote of the day. And I'm just going to come back to you guys with that here in a moment whenever I find it. But it's about action, taking action. um, And I just think you guys might like it. And that quote would be, don't justify your dreams. Execute on them. Do not justify your dreams. Execute on them. Without execution, nothing can happen. Without action, nothing can happen. We do a lot of time. We do we spend a lot of time talking about how we're gonna do this, how we want to do that, how we're gonna change the world, um, but you know, at some point you have to take action. Um, you know, action means doing something. Doing something means striving to get something done, and you can't get something done if you never start doing. So you know, stop justifying your dreams and just execute on them. That's what Gary Vaynerchuk said. Um, today, though, the topic of today, you know, I guess the, the topic is kind of broad. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about racism or race. I don't know if it would be so much racism, but race um, and the challenges um, that we face, you know, in today's day, in the past, in the future. Um, I'm just going to talk about my things that I always had questions about growing up that I thought were like really interesting like let's go ahead and start off with the fact that um give you my background real quick so my mother is of Tanzanian descent from Africa um born and raised out there almost all of her kids except me were born out there um you know my dad is of Caucasian American background Grew up in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, in those times, if that gives you any idea of, you know, the energy, the environment that he may have grown up in, um, growing up in a Caucasian family, and, you know, a Caucasian side of town, in a time where racism, you know, was still very prevalent, it still is to this day, but where racism was still, you know, there and happening, segregation was still there, schools were still separated, um, different sides of town, you know, you didn't go into or other people didn't walk into. So, and then my mom growing up in Africa where, you know, everybody's African 
everybody's you know black or whatever you want to call it everybody is you know got that beautiful melanin you dig um everybody is coming from that background from that culture from that uh you know color from that race um so it was it was interesting when you're born in america and you're raised in america where african americans um were treated so badly and faced so many hardships and persecution and you know lack of acceptance and you know tortured and made to be slaves and you know then but but your parents don't but one parent you know doesn't really come from that lineage of you know they don't come from a family that was you know slaves or I don't you know my mom grew up in Africa never never had any family from America and so we don't have those feelings or those scars um, that may be passed down generation to generation um, we don't have I wasn't raised with a, quite a great understanding of what happened um, I wasn't educated about what happened in the past like I had to do my own research or people had to tell me because they didn't teach us in school they didn't teach me at home um, I didn't go through the common training of a of a you know child of color that or the common training a child of color goes through rate being raised in American society you know how to handle situations with the cop when and where and what time you should be in or what time you should be paying attention to where you're walking how you're dressed how you need you need to act a certain way or um, you need to do this you need to do that you know or else you may lose your life or you may get made fun of or you may get discriminated against or you may get accused of something you didn't do um i wasn't trained that way i had to learn that from you know other african-american people that i was raised around growing up so it was just always interesting because i never really classified myself as black i never classified myself as white i never classified myself as mixed or a mixed breed or or light-skinned or or dark skin or any of that growing up I really just was raised to think that I was a human being um and that all human beings you know were this you know were the same we should all love each other the same we should all see each other as brother and sister we should treat treat each other with love and kindness um we should you know sacrifice our you know ourselves for for others you know like we should do our very best to love and treat other humans no matter their race or color of their eyes color of their hair color of their skin we were to treat everybody the same and see everybody as a human being that god created um as a noble being and so when i started entering school and people start making comments People start classifying you in a certain race category. Certain people won't hang out with you. You're supposed to do certain things because you look a certain way. I started recognizing, you know, this separation and how, like, society works in real life. 
now there's like how my religion teaches me to be and how my parents taught me to be which I still believe is correct and I still strive to do every day um but that's not how society functions that's the goal that we want from society so I'm supposed to try and be an example but that's not how society really is and until you enter you know school until you enter a certain age group you don't notice that that's not how life really is until you face those challenges and you face those you know comments and you guys may be wondering oh you know what is he talking about um it's it's uh, you know to some people that listen to this they might find it very simple or like yeah whatever because they didn't go through that you know growing up or whatever but you know just different things what i started to notice is you know people would make comments starting around maybe fourth grade uh moving on up um people started making comments like you know say a pencil would go missing in class um somebody would be like "Ah, the black guy did it it was probably collis or you know oh since you know this went missing or you know oh the black guy must have did it so it must have been collis or i bet collis did it or it must have been collis things like that or when we go outside to play sports like and you know you're racing and you and you beat everybody or something oh you beat everybody just because you're black you're lucky or like just little things or people asking questions like why do you look brown and i'm like you know because my dad's white my mom's black they're like that's not possible or like or you know that's weird or how did you come out that color if you're black Sorry, sorry, there was a little glitch in the uh, in the computer there. But, you know, just different things where I started seeing that there was a separation. I started feeling pressure to categorize myself um, as a certain race. I felt like I had to choose between, you know, am I white or am I black or am I African, American, am I just African? Like, I had to felt like I had to be pressured into making a choice of like you know diagnosing or or not diagnosing um you know selecting what I wanted people to categorize me as um and that puts you in like a certain situation where you're like okay you start sitting down and you're like what am I you have to ask yourself what am I you start evaluating your character traits you start evaluating how you talk you start evaluating how other people talk who you prefer to be around what energy you like and like it feels like you're making a choice between certain racial groups to be around but at the same time not only does it feel like you're pressured to making a choice of who you want to be around or who you what culture or whatever you want to follow or or be a part of but you're not pressured like internally only but pressured externally like you know a lot of times being in groups of white people um you know they would make jokes about like can you teach me you can you teach me how to rap or um oh he runs fastest let him do this first or we need him on our team because he's black he's probably good at basketball or sports um which always made me feel uncomfortable and i always thought it was just annoying i was like yo shit's annoying (laughs) shut up (laughs) that's how I felt 
or making those sly comments all the way through high school or if something disappears or if somebody's going to be the one to fight or somebody's going to be the one to steal at the store or to or somebody's making a joke about taking somebody's car you know they always say oh Collis can do it he probably knows how to do that who knows how to steal a car I bet Collis does who knows how to you know like somebody should go in and steal gum from the store but I don't want to get caught Collis probably won't get caught um you know just stupid shit like that that really gets on your nerves and makes you not want to be around certain people and so like then I was like okay I don't want to be around this group of people because this is how they treat me so then I'll go to you know there wasn't many Africans at my school so it's not like I'm gonna go hang out with people from my country or something like that because that's a whole other you know place to like identify with you know I didn't grow up in that culture I don't speak the language I I understand the culture and I understand some things, but I'm still learning to this very day because I wasn't raised like that in total, in like totality. Like I wasn't raised in the environment in Tanzania, I, you know, somewhat of the environment around the house, but, you know, I've all, I was also raised how my dad raised me and my dad was the primary person that, you know, I was with the majority of the time, taking me to school, telling me what to do on my grades, helping me study, things like that, you know, so everything I learned at home, you know, was mixed, you know, it was a mixed, mixed, mixed cultures, um, and both of the cultures, you know, were not how people were identifying me at school, so they were just like, you're black, like, you know, your parent, I don't care if your parents are amazing, I don't care if you come from both things, I don't care if you're just a human being, nope, you're black, which is fine, and all, but just feeling categorized or pressured into a certain thing when all I want to be is a human being and all I want to be is you know loved by everybody and I want to love everybody else but that separation is super deeply ingrained in society that it's not even recognized when people are being disrespectful or when people make comments like that they don't even notice that they're doing something that may be wrong or may put the other person in an uncomfortable situation or may cause, you know, disunity. They don't even notice that they're doing that. It's just part of how they were raised. It's part of how, what they think is okay in society and things of that nature, um, you know. And then, like, so going back to the topic of groups, but then I'd be forced into, like, okay, let me go hang out with the, you know, black kids or with the, um, with them. And so I'd go hang out with, with them, and it would be cool and everything, and I felt a little bit more accepted, and they brought me in more, than the other groups in school did but at the same time the fact that I wasn't full black or you know my parents weren't both black also caused a separation and what felt like disunity or a feeling of like a loss of connection between me and friends um, once they found out you know that both my parents weren't black or whatever um, it also caused a separation and they would like you know say oh you're like a white boy or you act white or you act this way and then white people would say oh you act you're like you act black or you act this way when you know jay-z was talking about in an interview with uh, i forgot his last name but dean Benquay or something like that talking about how you know what what does it mean to talk black or to act black what does it mean to talk white or to talk black um or to act a certain way what even is that you know like it's 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 stupid to say you know especially when people are speaking 
I run into this this very day because of the way I speak or the slang I use or whatever. People make comments or I just don't understand what you're saying or like I don't I wasn't raised in that environment or like oh you talk black or oh you talk this way and then other people oh you talk white and when Jay Z said it very perfectly he was like um, you know what look I went blank on my thought in the middle of it now I have to go back to uh, to the interview and, and uh, source from the interview to tell you guys. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to you on that here in just a second. So he talks about how intelligence is not attributed to color. Um, I just I still don't remember what he said, so I just blanked out right there. But you know, just talking about how people speak is not attributed to intelligence vocabulary. The way you speak is not attributed um, to intelligence. Um, intelligence you know has nothing to do with color or the way you speak um it's just a very interesting dynamic um so i'm basically wondering what is the next step to progressing out of that that mindset of this person's different than me because of this or this person must be this because of the way they talk or the way they walk or the way they act or the way they dress. Um, judgment should not be passed by anyone but God is what I read last night in one of the books I was reading. So if we were to only judge our own character and only pay attention to our own actions and focus on ourselves and not on the actions of others but only on how we treat people how we talk to people how we can be better what example could that possibly create for the future generations um and how people treat other people you know it all starts somewhere so if somebody's making efforts um to progressively I actually don't know what I was going to say. Progressively make progression in this conversation or in the idea of unity and disunity and how the words we speak and the things we say to people may cause um, disunity or dissension between us or separation between us. Um, and being mindful of our words and what we're really trying to do you know sometimes where people are fighting for justice fighting for unity but with their words they they communicate it in a way that is actually the opposite and is causing disunity and separation and more anger and dissension and i think the key um to a lot of things as we know and also the key to making progression in this area of like racial prejudices, racial ideas, topics, thoughts, um, is communication. Communication, consultation, healthy dialogue with each other about what makes me uncomfortable, what makes you uncomfortable. What are better ways we can go about communicating with each other 
how can I understand where you're coming from? How can you understand where I'm coming from? How can we sit down and have healthy dialogue, conversation, consultations about this topic and about the deeper topics that are planted within this topic and the um, the things that we don't think about that have a heavy impact on racial divide, um, on self-identity, on, you know, self-love. Um, you know, a lot of times, and in a lot of ways, in modern day time, definitely in the past, we've been made to think that certain things, certain character traits, certain ways of speaking, um, certain ways of doing things are bad or are ugly. And so then we're unable to love ourselves. We're unable to respect, you know, ourselves. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, my thoughts aren't even, they're so scattered right now about this topic because it's such a broad topic, such an important topic, such a um, prevalent, <laughs> that's, I guess, my word, that's my word the past couple podcasts, but such a widespread issue, a deeply ingrained issue in a lot of societies, especially in the American society. Um, and it causes a lot of people to face you know, self-identity crisis, crises, um, to face, you know, the dissension or disunity or anger that comes from how people treated you all your life, how certain people treated you all your life, and it creates a separation, um, from the love that we're supposed to have for human beings, for our fellow brother, for our fellow sister, no matter what, you know, color of skin they are. Um, and we have to remember that we complain so much about how bad things are in this world, how we don't want war, how a lot of terrible things happen in every country, village, city, all over the world. And we want to stop it, but then in our com in our day to day lives, we go through our day to day lives treating people in certain ways that only creates further disunity. That just turns into a ripple effect that creates violence and dissension among us as humans. You know, you know, and at some point, you know. It may get so bad that we we don't need anybody else to destroy us or to destroy the human race or for for animals to take over or for you know there to be an ice age or volcanoes because we're gonna kill ourselves off if we don't stop and recognize our actions and until we stop as I said at the beginning, trying to justify our actions and instead just execute. <laughs> um, 
such a, such a deep topic. I probably should have came into it a little bit more prepared because a lot of people are going to listen to this and have so many different thoughts and want to hear my thoughts and my thoughts aren't even all the way gathered. But this is one of those things that I was just thinking about and I just wanted to talk about it. And so I just started talking and, and rambling about it. But, uh, you know, I guess the the main message I'm trying to convey is be aware, be self-aware of your thoughts, your actions, um, your the way you communicate through body language, through words, through things you post on social media, how you talk to your friends, how you talk to people that you run into at school, uh, you know, how you think about a certain person when you see them in public, how you analyze um, certain situations and human beings. Be careful that you're not being judgmental or making negative judgments or saying negative things or be mindful of what power your words have. And instead of saying things that you think are just casual and okay and part of society, be mindful of what you're saying and how that might have an effect on not only you and the person you're talking to's relationships, but might have a ripple effect on that person's relationship with people that look like you, um, your relationship with people that don't look like you. Um, just be mindful of your words. Be mindful of your actions, of your thoughts. Um, it's very, 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 very important to reflect on how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself and how you see yourself. And once you do that, reflect on how you talk to others, how you treat others, how you see others. And just be very, very mindful. I don't want to say cautious or careful because sometimes that puts us in a box and then we don't speak out or communicate on things that we're uncomfortable communicating about but that are extremely necessary to convey, to communicate to somebody in order for change to happen. So just be very mindful, be very reflective, self-aware, mindful, self-aware, reflective. Write those words down and, and just very, very, or just be very, 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 very mindful, very, very, very reflective and self-aware. I mean, and work on that because a lot of times we just go through life talking, jabbering, th thinking random thoughts, um, and, and we hurt people, and we cause disunity and dissension among people that, again, I'm going to use the same words I keep using, but have a ripple effect that not only can change the dynamic of relationships between different races different people different sexes um for the better or it can change the dynamic for the worst so just be very very careful um but be confident and be ready to have uncomfortable conversations be ready to you know listen um and don't listen while preparing your words of what you're going to say back to them, but listen intently, listen clearly, try to understand how somebody feels, 
and then do the same thing to yourself listen to yourself pay attention to how you're communicating with other people break that down and really try to come to an understanding are you making the world better are you creating a bridge for unity or are you causing disunity and dissension and making things worse think about it take a second (laughs) every time i say think about it take a second i think about that i forgot what song it is but it was like think about it take a second dun 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 if you remember what song i'm talking about comment below and let me know so i can remember what that conversation was um but i hope what i was saying made somewhat sense um i know to there's so many thoughts that flow when talking about race talking about racial unity talking about self-identity um you know, your kids are going to go through it. Your nephews, nieces, cousins are going to go through it. So while you go through it, be self-aware, mindful, so that you're able to communicate to the next generation coming up, um, whether it's family or friends, how that how they can address the issue of race in modern day you know, America or wherever they live because racism is everywhere. Um, And they'll face these challenges everywhere. Uh, Yeah, man. Educate your children. You know, that's, that's, (laughs) that's what I was, the the plan for the podcast today was going to be, it was going to be about um, parenting with my father. Um, and then I kind of just like was sitting upstairs and I just kind of just wanted to jump in to talking about this. Um, with that being said, I think I'm going to bring my father up here right now. I'm going to go grab him and we're going to jump on here and have about 10 minute dialogue, conversation, interview um, about parenting, um, raising children, um, just a, a quick few topics. So he'll be back on. I'll be back with you guys here in a moment. And I'll be back with my father. So uh, get prepared. We'll have about another 10, 15 minutes left in this podcast with my dad. And then we're going to wrap it up. Um, So I'll be back in just a moment. Go get some water. Go get some Kool-Aid. Drink something refreshing. Clean your ear. Wax out your ear. Don't use an earplug. Don't use a bobby pin. And don't use a Q-tips. It only makes it worse. You know, go ahead and just go clean your ears out a little bit. Make sure... You're listening closely, intently, and hopefully the words I'm saying are settling in your brain and you're able to, you know, understand what I'm trying to portray, to convey, and hopefully this is knowledgeable. So I'm going to go grab my dad, be back in just a moment, go get some water, hydrate, clean your ears out, baby. So... I'm back, and um, we're back with Mr. Stutzer, a.k.a. Collis' father, a.k.a. Nine Children's Fathers, a.k.a. A Lot of Kids. Anyways, we're back. Um, as I was saying, just at the the uh, the break there, um, I was 
going to talk about parenting, the importance of parenting, and different, you know, challenges of parenting with my dad today for the podcast, and then randomly started talking about what I was talking about. Um, but we're just going to jump on here and, you know, talk about uh, parenting. <laughs> and as you guys know from episode one, I was talking about marriage and how I thought marriage was like super dope and important and different things to like investigate somebody's character and like with marriage comes children and I guess one question that I have for you dad is what are some qualities that you think are extremely important for somebody to have um, or be you know working on before they have children like or when they have that are needed during the process of like raising a child well I suppose two things one thing at some point in their lives your children become your friends so you should try to create a relationship with them that will still be there when they're 26 or 30 or 50 you know and and that means i guess that you you want them to you know be somebody who's interested in what you're doing and be sure that they understand that you're interested in what they're doing and, and try and help them out another thing for young children is um, they are you know children are human it's true but basically they're very very ignorant they're born knowing nothing and little by little over time they gain understanding of things and from my viewpoint one important thing is to realize that you are the adult that you do know many things that they do not know and it's only fair to help them out and you know if you see that they don't understand something or or need to understand something then it's your responsibility to benefit them and and share what you know with them other cultures really get this uh, though i've you know seen other cultures in operation and sometimes they're unkind to children and i certainly am not talking about that kind of behavior but I mean, they they understand in other cultures that the adult is the adult and the child is the child, and the child needs to be guided in in their path to adulthood. So I think that that's very important to realize that, you know, to be make yourself accountable for helping to guide them. Then, in terms of what you guide them to become, I would say that the teachings of the different religions, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, Jewish, what, whatever religion, Baha'i, you know, the, those, those teachings should be the thing that you're wanting to share with your children. You want them to grow up to be kind people, respectful people, truthful people, loving people, supportive people, just people. You want those things for them. Hopefully you want those things for them. So that's not going to happen necessarily by accident. Much of that needs to be modeled by the parent and also just told to the child and encouraged in the child so that they grow up with those kinds of behaviors in mind and make an effort to try and gain those qualities. So when, you know, 
the pot the the listeners don't know but as I know as your as your son um, when you went like being in Africa for eight years and um, also you know raising children in America and for a period of time seeing how people raise their children there in Tanzania um, what is maybe one or two things that really stand out as the difference between the parenting styles that you think were a positive that maybe Western society could, you know, look at and try to, you know, input into the, their parenting styles? Well, in Africa, <clears throat> like I said before, the people see children as children. And, and they expect them to show respect toward adults. That's an assumption that they have, and they don't waver from that. And any child that would waver from that would probably get a little knock against the face there. You know, I mean, they, they have no, no rules or laws that keep them from that, so they wouldn't mind at all knocking a kid down if they showed a lack of respect. I certainly don't think people should be knocking children about, but I I do believe that you know they they honor the fact that children should show respect, and it's not just children. Younger adults are expected to show respect toward older adults. So I I mean it's just part of their culture, and I think that that it's very good. It certainly makes better behaved kids in school, you know, because school in school the the children basically pay attention to what the teacher's saying and, and show respect toward them. So I would say that's something that our culture doesn't understand in America and make a big mistake by not expecting it and, and teaching it to children. I taught thousands of children as an elementary school teacher over the years, and I always expected them to respect me as I expected to respect them, you know? I, I think respect, or it's respecting each other. That's a quality that I wanted them to have, you know. I wanted them to be respectful because I know it makes for a better person. So why shouldn't I be helping them to do that? I don't think the way to help them is by beating them, but I, I do believe that it should be a part of uh, conversations. And I think parents should be doing the same. In fact, you can kind of tell the, the child that comes from a home that has that kind of relationship because the children concentrate better in school they pay attention to what the teachers saying and and they learn from it so i i think that that that's a quality that other cultures have that we don't have we kind of have the idea that the child uh, should be left to kind of express themselves and believe that little by little they'll gain respect you know or gain the ability to be a good person that kind of thing. I, I personally think that good behavior can be taught and should be taught. Uh, I don't think it should ever be done in a, in a mean or angry way. Uh, I believe that, that you can do all of those things in a positive way. It's very, very rare that I think you have to resort to unkind, well, never unkind words, but you being, you know, sort of severe in your severe. discipline, I, I, it hardly ever is necessary. And I've taught thousands of children mm -hmm. and never really hardly ever had to do that. But I 
you know, do expect them to respect me and other adults and themselves, and I don't like bullying or unkind words or any of those sort of things, and have always tried to create in my home and in my classroom uh, an environment that is conducive to better behavior, nicer behavior. Speaking of uh, bullying, how do you think, um, do you think it's possible, or how do you think, if you think it's possible, to set your kid up to not maybe be bullied in school or do you think that's possible or you know is there any or let's yeah go ahead and answer that in short and then I have a follow-up question to that well unfortunately no I don't really think that you can protect your child from the cruelty of other people I mean you know the world is not always a very nice place and and you know especially good people, I think, are often a target of, of people who aren't so good. So I don't know that you can protect your, or raise your child in a way so that they can avoid those experiences. But I do believe that you can train your child to understand that to respond to that kind of behavior in, in a violent way is a bad choice, or, and that, you know, they they should certainly be able to stand up for themselves, but they don't have to win the love and devotion of everybody around them to have enough self-respect to know that even though other people might not like them, that that doesn't mean that they're not likable. You know, little by little, situation by situation, you can, you know, I think, help your child to understand how to survive those kinds of negative experiences and uh, how to, to realize that those, those, those behaviors are coming from the other person, not from you. Just make sure you're not creating a situation that causes those angry or mean feelings from others. But, you know, if people treat you that way, just find a way of being positive about it and understanding it's their problem, not yours. Do you think, uh, what's your, like, thought process or, like, um, you know, if somebody's getting bullied or they're facing, you know, challenges or negative advances from other people in school growing up or just in life in general, as a parent, how would you, as well, let's say as a parent and a Baha'i parent, you know, being the qualities of the faith and the things you learn from the faith, what do you think would be a correct way to advise your children on handling a violent situation, somebody that's advancing in a, you know, from a, from a violent standpoint? Because a lot of times, you know, people are getting bullied and, and they just, you know, sit with it. And sometimes, personally, me, I don't think people should sit with it, they should stand up for themselves. It doesn't mean they have to react violently immediately, but, you know, react, you know, stand up for themselves, let them, you know, some people might see this as being whatever, soft with your words, but, you know, saying, I don't appreciate, you know, how you're treating me, or, like, you know, I don't want any problems, you know, my focus is just to, you know, <laughs> go to school, take care of business, and head out of here, I don't have any beef, I don't appreciate Well, I think that's very good. What you're saying is the way that a person should be. They should be that kind of person. I'm just saying that some people immediately resort to violence as a solution to put off, like, a racist remark or, 
or a sexist remark or, or some unkind thing that, that someone's saying to them. And I don't think it's the best choice, so I would want to, as a parent, <clears throat> try and not only encourage my children not to do it, but to maybe give them some suggestions of what they could do in place of that. I think that, that one of the things that's very important from a parent viewpoint is to do what you can to keep the relationship of trust that you have with your own child so that they will tell you when something is happening that isn't okay. And, you know, when I look back, that would be something that maybe I would work harder at trying to do as a parent. For example, I had one child who really was very unhappy and felt very mistreated from a, a racist viewpoint. He felt like he was really being, uh, you know, treated unfairly and, and badly, and, and he didn't share that with me. He did with the, the, your, you all, you know, with his brothers and sisters, but he didn't with me. And I, you know, wonder what I didn't do to be able to not give him, you know, the, the feeling that he could turn to me. Now, when he has different experiences as an adult, he does turn to me, and we talk about a lot of things, but that was something he didn't talk to me about. And I, you know, so maybe somehow I, I, I could have done something more to give him that, that feeling of confidence that he could share with me anything. Um, so I would suggest that that would be a good choice for parents to, uh, even though they are in, in the authority position, you know, in the family, but but try and maintain that feeling of confidence and trust that the children have in the parents so that they would tell them when something was going Things on. Things of that nature. Um, we'll, we'll use this as the last question to wrap it up. We're approaching the 45-minute mark here. Um, don't feel rushed in your answer, but... Um, you know, in episode one, I talked about marriage and different conversations people should could have with a potential partner or different questions they might want to ask. So, you know, not from 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 in most cultures, um, pretty much all cultures, you have to or it's respected to ask permission from your parent to get married to a certain uh, person, um, you know, to get to get. What is it called? Um, permission. Permission. I guess there, I thought there was another word that started with the C, but um, consent. Consent to get consent from your parents. So as a parent, when you're, you know, you don't you don't have too many kids that are married right now. But as we can we begin to get married as we grow older, what are some things that you think parents should look at in the partner of your children's of your child um, that help you? Decide if you think this person is going to be a good partner for, I guess, your child and, 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 and you know, conducive to the family culture because, you know, now they're going to be part of your family and your child's going to be part of their family. Like, yeah, so, I understand. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, first of all, you have to meet them, <laughs> you know, or at least talk to them on the phone so that you gain some insight into who they are and how they are. Their character is the number one thing that I would be looking at. You know, are they, you know, do they appear to be a faithful person? Are they honest in, in their approach to things? Are they a good worker? You know, I mean, things like that are important because they're going to be at least part of the breadwinners of the family, So, and they'll be supporting your grandchildren. So you want to be sure that there's somebody that's responsible enough to be able to hold down a job and 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 do do a good job of that 
the I mean, one would ideally hope that they are religious people because I think I've found that people who believe in those qualities of life that I mentioned before of, you know, truthfulness, justice, kindness, you know, sympathy, uh, trustworthiness, that those people who show those kinds of qualities would make a very good person for someone that you love, like your child, to get married to. You, you... I think have a right as an, as a parent to try and understand if that other person has those qualities. As far as whether they have a great job or have money or own a house or have cars or things like that, I don't. Uh, that really kind of isn't to me very important, because those are the very kinds of things that people do together in a marriage. So you know, if you start out with not having any of those, that's really okay because that's something that you're going to build together. So those things don't aren't important to me really. The I guess the quality of the person, their behavior, and and uh, that they show signs of having respect for their own family and their own parents. You know that says something about that person and how they would be as a parent themselves. So those are some of the things. Obviously there are other things, but um, and I would encourage my children to understand and ask those kinds of questions of somebody that they consider a possible future mate, you know, that's what they should be doing. They shouldn't just be thinking, do I, are they cute or, you know, are they, are they somebody that's fun to be with or things like that because life is very often not fun, you know, and cute people get old and wrinkled too. So, you know, those are not things to put as the forefront of your understanding. Right. But what is important is character, and, and you should be talking to them about, you know, finance and how they feel about things. You know, if they're a person that just likes to spend money because they like having fancy things and aren't very good with budgets, well, that might be, if you are a person that expects those things, then maybe this isn't the person you want to be with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's important just to talk to them in a nice way uh, about that type of thing. Anything that might be a life choice for that person. And see how it matches up with your life choices. If you had to say a three-word phrase or just three words in general that you think are the foundation of parenting, it could be like three virtues. It could be just three words like... Yeah, love, justice, compassion. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, love, justice, and compassion... We're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up for the day. I know this is a little bit of a longer one. Hopefully you listen all the way through. Hopefully you got something from it. Love and peace. Have a blessed day. Goodbye.